Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E, and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. This is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee and are sitting down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. The coffee we'll be brewing today is actually a throwback. An old classic. Because today is a throwback day. Old classic. From like a few weeks ago. It's called <laughs> it's called Lemon Tea Daydream, roasted by Luna Coffee. Uh, and the comics we'll be discussing today are Venom 3 and Black Panther 1. Uh, Black Panther 1 has actually come out a, a couple weeks ago, maybe close to about a month ago. Uh, issue 2 is out right now in stores that you can pick up. Uh, we wanted to go back and touch on this book because we realized this is a pretty important book. It's a pretty good book. So we're going to go ahead and just go back and cover issue 1. And then moving forward, we'll be covering Black Panther as well. Uh, whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, if you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, if you got a few minutes to spare, please leave us a review and a rating and make sure to tell your friends about this podcast. Now, before we warm up, or I should say cool down, because today we're actually going to be Doing a little bit of an iced coffee today with Ooh. Lemon Tea Daydream. Uh, so before we cool down with a cold cup of coffee, uh, let's catch up on the previous week. Uh, how has your week been, Victor? I'll tell you what, Jerry. Yep. Dokkan battle. Okay. Three-year anniversary is coming up soon. It's coming up, right? Yeah, I saw the, I saw the little advertisement banner on the I've game. I've literally just been grinding dragon stones <laughs> to save up for the banners that are coming out soon. I got to thirty the other day. I was very excited, and I wasted it. I wasted it on that. Yeah, the trap banner. That trap <laughs> <laughs> was so bad. I got five of the same guy, and they're not even SSR. I was so upset. You know uh, what, man? It happens. Just don't fall for the trap banner again, man. Just save up for the actual banners coming out next week. I don't. I don't know how to tell. Like I don't know how to tell if it's trap banner or not trap banner. It. You'll know. <laughs> you'll know if there's nothing good in it you'll know i guess so like once i see the scouter yeah yeah i yeah, guess yeah. so what about yeah. you jerry what have you been up to uh actually this week a little bit of a uh, housekeeping for me uh for the podcast uh i've been working on the schedule you know that schedule yeah. document uh, i know we promised our listeners a while back that we were going to do something kind of like a um like a upcoming schedule type thing or like a pull list type thing mm-hmm. well we'll suggest um, especially now that we're doing we're doing more coverage on new books that are coming out every week. Yeah, we should probably do a pull list of the books that we'll be pulling from that week to discuss on the show. For the most part, you'll know like if you know if Venom is coming out, or if now like Black Panther's coming out, if Gideon Falls is coming out, stuff like that, or Justice League even, um, and even with like the upcoming Batman. When that stuff comes out, you pretty much know we're going to be talking about it. But we should still probably put it in a document. And, uh, and just, you know, have it on record. I'm thinking about doing an upcoming schedule so I can post it on Facebook. Yeah. And then probably pin it onto Twitter or something. Um, but yeah, so that's it's been kind of that type of week for me. Just uh, just working on housekeeping stuff, working on the schedule, trying to, you know, be a little more active on Facebook, I guess. And, uh, you know, just, just get things posted out there. I think it'll be beneficial. Awesome, man. You do that. I'll keep grinding out my dragon stones. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I have to deal with. Is <laughs> I'm there trying to trying to improve the program, and I'm trying to improve our scheduling system. 
And this guy is just grinding dragon stones and not yeah. sharing any of them. I think it works fine. I can't even share it's them. It's not sharing the dragon stones with me. And what am I going to do? I can't. There's no what way for I... me to share them. It's impossible. Listen, that's a problem that you're going to have to figure out. Yeah. Well, the only way I could, it would work <laughs> is if I played for you, which is it's not happening. I'll so. give you my phone. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is this is this is the stuff I gotta deal with. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, aside from that, just you know, more reading. I I've been reading actually. I've been catching up on uh, Rat Queens. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty fun book. Mm. I like it. I've yeah. only heard of it. I've never actually read it. But uh, it's a it's a good book. Yeah. Artwork's good. I like it. There there's been artwork changes. Like there's been artist change on yeah. the book, so it's uh, sometimes the jump is a little jarring. Mm. But uh, and it, it and it's rare to see that in a indie book as well, yeah. in like an image comic. Typically, with like creator owned stuff, you would have them sort of, you know, carry through their entire series. But yeah. um, I, I wasn't really following it when it was first coming out, so there might have been reasons why there were artist changes. But well, there's always a right. reason. Yeah, for any changes. No, but I mean, like, I don't know if there was like you know behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, fair. Enough. I don't know, but still, reading it sometimes the change is a little jarring, but uh, overall it's a good book, so I like it. Awesome. So man. yeah, almost caught up on the first volume, so probably gonna jump into that second volume. There's soon. still like five more volumes to go. <laughs> huh? No, no, They're first like... volume as in because uh, it got renumbered past issue sixteen, I think. Okay. Yeah, so that first volume, I'm, I'm not talking about the trade volume. I'm talking about like issue one and sixteen type volume. Ah. Yeah. Fair enough. And then the new volume, I think, is up to like issue five or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. 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 So that's that's basically that. So, um, I think maybe it's time that we go, and we uh we have actually brewed the coffee because we're gonna go. We've stuck it in the, well, it's in the it's it's outside right now. It's cooling down because we're gonna make uh we're gonna make a cold brew this time around. Well, no, it's an iced coffee. A cold brew is something completely different. What is a cold brew? What do you mean? Cold brew is a cold brew is a completely different process of coffee making. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, we're gonna make an iced iced coffee. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's a brewing process. Yeah. Then it would be okay. You're right. So we're just making. An, okay, we just whatever. We hot brew and then we cool it down. It's coffee time. <laughs> it's coffee time. <laughs> Okay, and welcome to our coffee segment where we try one of the coffees that are sent into us and have it accompany us throughout our comics discussion. Okay. During this segment, we'll be trying to identify all of the different fragrance and flavor notes and see how well we did compared to the notes provided to us. However, today we won't be doing any of that. <laughs> In fact, we are bringing back a, uh, a, a, a few weeks old classic, uh, Lemon Tea Daydream. Throwback. Roasted by Luna Coffee out in Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, we won't be doing this the usual way. Of course, uh, if you've heard our previous episodes, you already know what we think about this coffee. Hashtag one of the best coffees ever. Ever. Uh, in fact, today we'll be trying it as an iced coffee. Yep. So, Jerry, do us the honor and uh, take a sip, sniff, whatever, and, <laughs> and tell us what you think. Let me get into these flavor notes. If you don't already know them, I guess, yeah. Oh, oh that's goodness. refreshing, isn't it? It's so good. Oh. And it also helps because uh, it feels like 40 degrees outside. Well, and it, when we say 40 yeah. Celsius, 
yeah, it actually is 40 degrees Celsius outside. It's like 36. No, it's supposed to be 30 something. Feels like. Oh, 40, maybe it's though. like 37, and it feels like yeah, 44 40. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're speaking in Celsius. Yes. So no. whatever Fahrenheit that is, well, I don't know. Too like short. 44 times 1.8 plus 32, whatever that is. That's a lot. That's just the number now. So <laughs> it's very hot outside. It is very warm. Um, and uh, this is actually really refreshing. Yes. And uh, and I think all the flavors are still there. Just from the first sip, like all that flavor is still there. You can still taste sort of that strong, almost like that black tea type. Yeah. Type of taste. Yeah. But the lemon is very subtle there too. Okay. I actually really like it. It's really good. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's really good. Okay. It's different than hot. The hot, the hot coffee, the flavors are actually a little more pronounced. Yeah. In the iced coffee, not so much. Yeah. But it's still there and it's very refreshing. Okay. Yeah. Give it a try. Oh, I've just been waiting for you to stop talking <laughs> so I can Wow. So I can try it. <laughs> wow. Oh. Right? Oh. Oh, it's so good. That is that is just that is the bee's knees right there. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely recommend going to make this um make uh make the uh iced coffee version of this coffee. Um if you uh, if you want the link to it, uh, I think we're gonna end up. I'm, I'm probably gonna end up posting it again in our show notes this week. But uh, you know, in case if you're wondering right now, oh. I'm gonna go back to the notes from a couple weeks ago and oh. find that. Oh, right. What do you think of the flavor? Like <clears throat> the black tea, definitely more pronounced. But now it's like a sweet black tea, as as it would indicate in the notes. Yeah, because it's like. Like that, the sweetness for me comes out a lot more as it's colder. Okay, you're right. The lemon is a little more dumbed down, but that it doesn't take away from the experience. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a, a really, really nice iced coffee. No sugar, no milk, no cream, nothing, and it and it's it's good as is. Oh, this is so yummy. So good, right? It's, it's so yummy. I gotta take a moment to appreciate this. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's good. That's good. We're gonna have to make like a third or fourth cup. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. by the time we, <laughs> by the time we get to the, the comic <laughs> to section. the actual comic segment, yeah, we're gonna end up. Uh, we're gonna need to do this again. Oh yeah, to get more. I'm kind of curious as to how it would be if we actually did throw in like maybe a little bit of sweetener in there. Maybe no cream, but maybe like a like little a, bit of sweetener. Like a stevia. Whatever sugar, whatever. Just a little bit. Sugar cane? Agave? Like I said, whatever. Honey? Whatever. Okay, maybe not honey. Honey actually yeah. has, a, has a distinct taste on its own. Yeah. Maybe just some sugar. Stevia. Yeah, maybe just a, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Not too much. But I think that would definitely add to the experience. Yeah, probably. I like how... I like it like this, though. I'm almost afraid the sweetness will completely kill off the lemon. And I'm almost afraid it will, like, mm, actually dull out the black tea. That is true, too. Yeah. I wouldn't want it to take away from that tea flavor. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. And now I'm kind of curious as to how our other coffees taste. As iced coffee? As iced coffees. Maybe that's what we'll do in the summer. Maybe. We'll do we'll do a few weeks where it's just like the summer series. Where we just <laughs> we make the stuff that we've made and we turn them into iced coffee. Summer series? What are we releasing our own line of coffees? Like what <laughs> what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the summer series of coffee. Yeah. yeah. 
no, but overall, man, I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the reason why we're doing this too is because we said we would do it. Yeah. And then we never did it. So we're doing it today. <laughs> yeah. And it's perfect because it's like, it's blazing hot outside. So yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. definitely, uh, definitely tonight when we're hanging out, definitely got to brew another cup and, and chill outside for a little bit. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because then otherwise, if you just chill outside, you're going to end up just catching fire. We'll probably just die. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> you would definitely need this. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay. So I, I think that about, yeah, that, that about concludes our opinion on the iced coffee, which is magnificent. It's, it's great. It's great. We love it. Um, but yeah, let's take this and let's go uh, talk, uh, talk our comics. Let's do it. Okay, and we are at the comic segment. In this segment, what we normally do is we take some of our favorite books um, and we break them down, analyze them, discuss them. Uh, typically now, it's going to be some new books coming out on a weekly basis. So we're going to be putting up a schedule very soon, hopefully in the next couple of days. And uh, just to keep everybody up to speed on the books that we'll be covering. Um, so this week, the first book we're going to be talking about is Venom number 3. Uh, it's written by Donny Cates with Art done by Ryan Stegman on pencil, J.P. Mayer on ink, colors done by Frank Martin, and letters done by Clayton Cowles. First thing first, Victor, what do you think of this book? Just a a general synopsis, I guess. Sorry, I just have to get in the mood to talk to you right now. Um, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And we told people... That we're going to be hanging out later. How is that going to look like? (laughs) On the opposite sides of the room. It it might just end up with me going home. Uh, (laughs) Mama mia. Uh, uh, Vendor number three. Um, I thought it was a good issue. Like, definitely a lot of questions being answered in this issue. Right. Right. I mean, we saw it coming. Right. We saw, we knew that this was probably going to be the issue where a lot of the things that we had questions for were going to be answered. Right. Um, I think that I think things could have been a bit more streamlined mm-hmm. in terms of how the events played out and how the information was revealed. Um, but overall, I thought it was a I thought it was a good book. Okay, all right. What about you, Jamie? Yeah, same thing. There were there were certain things I have a little bit of issues with, but nothing that breaks the book. So no, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not. It's not. It's not things where I'm just like, oh, that breaks the book for me. I'm done with it. Or yeah. They were just like little minor things where I kind of had a little bit of a gripe with. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we proceed further, there are going to be spoilers in this podcast uh, as usual. And if you're new and you didn't know, because we need to break these down. Um, and we're going to be talking about some of the themes that are going to be present in the books. And in order for us to fully cover those, we will need to get into a lot of the specific story elements. So there will be spoilers uh, in our discussion. Just so you're warned. <laughs> okay. One thing that it had a little bit of an issue with. Um, the whole sequence with Miles. Yeah. I, it To me, it felt forced. It felt... It, it didn't f- if it didn't feel like there was that much weight to them going off on each other when we know sort of it's leading us in a direction that we know they're gonna team up because the danger that's ahead of them is too much that they'll have to save the city before they you know 
come to blows. But I don't understand. Like, to me, it felt a little unnecessary for them to come to blows so early. I know it wraps up a note for them. Like, it's supposed to... It, you have to kind of acknowledge the fact that in the Ultimate Universe, Venom was a very important villain for him mm-hmm. to start his career as as Spider-Man. Yeah. So, it's understandable now that he's in the 616 universe that this is, you know, that, that this character... It does have some sort of a backstory mm-hmm. with uh, with Miles. Yeah. But at the same time, Miles knows he's in the 616. Yeah. Like, to me, I didn't feel like it was actually necessary for Miles to be there at all. Yeah. In all honesty. Yeah. Like, I understand why Donnie chose to write him in because they needed they needed somebody to act as the uh, as a plot mechanic. For the reveal of no, mm-hmm. right? Um, because then, because then that's how his whole reveal happens is when uh, Miles Morales goes in and, and unleashes the full Venom blast, right? That then then that's how he gets the uh, the symbiotes off of him, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, that literally could have been anybody else, yeah, right? But because it's a because it's a Venom issue. I guess it was appropriate to use a Spider-Man, but then you wouldn't use Peter Parker for that either. No. Right? Because Peter seems... Like, Peter's too experienced of a superhero to, to go be, into to, to, induce, like to be yeah. doing something like that. Yeah. Right? So, um, I felt like that was the reason why Donnie chose to use Miles Morales. Uh, but again, like, it, it could have been anybody. And I didn't yeah. feel like it was necessary for him to be there, which is why it felt so off that that he was even there in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was very weird for me. Like, I could have went without reading that segment and yeah. still come out with the same story. Yeah. And the same feelings towards Venom. Mm-hmm. So, it, it just felt a little unnecessary. But at the same time, you know, it, it was their way to sort of acknowledge the fact that Venom did play a part. Uh, well, some version of Venom played a part in Miles' life. So they just they needed to acknowledge that now that he's in the new universe too, right? But yeah, like even Eddie was confused. He was just like, "Listen, man, I'm like I'm not the same guy." <laughs> but yeah, let's team up. Yeah, and it's like, and okay. then they started teaming up, and <laughs> it was weird because like Miles is like pouring his heart out, and like, he was so upset. Yeah, and then he's like, "Okay, fine, all right, let's do it." Yeah, and well, he probably up. probably because he realized in that moment as well that this isn't the same Venom, obviously. But right, but he's in the new universe. I know, but so. you know, Maybe emotion, thought, emotions make yeah. you do weird things, Jerry. I guess emotions so. make guess you do so. weird things. But okay, so with that out of the way, um, so there were some pretty big reveals in this issue. Uh, first thing first, that dragon or the shaggy dog-looking dragon, <laughs> um, it's sort of just like going rampant on the city. Yeah. So they decided to hit it with the venom blast yeah. from Miles um, from the inside, right? So Venom goes inside, hits it with the venom blast, blows it up. Yeah. Um, then we got from there walking out it's the reveal of the true god of the symbiotes mm-hmm. which is which you know goes by the name Null mm-hmm. K-N-U-L-L Null yeah. and uh, he comes out and he's basically proclaiming like you know oh the symbiotes they're hurt um, they're so they're brainwashed they're brainwashed they're you know they're like broken and, yeah. and he's there to fix them yeah Null Null's an interesting character from 
for me at least from yeah. a few different perspectives mm-hmm. so a, a few weeks back a few issues ago actually for this when we were first talking about it there was the immediate uh, acknowledgement of the Beowulf mythology yes right so at the time when I saw the dragon in the air I had I had thought that that was the nemesis the nemesis was going to be the dragon mm-hmm. right because the dragon is ultimately what slain Beowulf yes but looking at this now, looking at the reveal of Null, I actually feel like Null can be interpreted as Grendel's mother mm-hmm. in that mythology. Yeah. And the symbiotes is actually Grendel. Okay. So the symbiotes themselves are all Grendel. Mm-hmm. Right? So for me, that revealed, that revealed a few things when I first got through this issue, when I first finished reading it. The first thing is, what is Venom's or what is the symbiote, what is Venom's relationship with Eddie Brock? Right. Because there are multiple instances within the first three issues where I felt like Eddie Brock doesn't... Like, Eddie Brock, obviously, once he, you know... For example, he got that hole blown in his chest. He needed yeah. a symbiote to fix him. Like, yeah. the symbiote went and tried to fix him everything, yeah. right? But to me, Eddie Brock is going into these things not as Venom, but as Eddie Brock. Who was mm-hmm. trying to make a right in the world? Who was trying yeah. to make a change in the world? Mm-hmm. And there's the instances where, like, you know, Rex is talking about how, like, you know, you're you're a man of second chances. You just get chances after chances. But really, I think I think Eddie Brock, it, deep down inside, is just trying to be a hero, trying to do the right thing. Right. Right. And yeah. I don't feel like I don't feel like he needs the venom to do that. Um. But then what would, because I don't know, like it's so difficult to see Eddie Brock as a character without the symbiote for me. Yeah. Right. Uh, Especially since even Eddie Brock himself doesn't feel like he can be without the symbiote as well in this issue. Right. So, I mean, could he be a hero without symbiote? Sure. We you could be a firefighter you could be a police officer whatever right uh he he'll probably die of cancer without the symbiote because <laughs> as far as to my knowledge that's that's what's keeping the cancer at bay right but uh but i don't know i i just don't see eddie brock being a significant character without the symbiote involved yeah and that's kind of the same discussion you would have uh about tony stark yeah tony stark in the <clears throat> iron man suit right yeah like, what is Tony Stark without the suit? Yeah. Right? Or, you know, what would become of, you know, what would be of Iron Man? Yeah. Same idea with Venom. Mm-hmm. What would it be without the symbiote? Like, yeah. what would Eddie Brock be without the symbiote? Yeah. So, I think the, I think right from the get-go, they established that Eddie Brock is trying to fight off sort of the, the voices, the control of the symbiote. So, he takes pills and stuff like that to keep him at bay. Yeah. Then in this issue, you come to the realization where he begs out loud to no say, no, don't take him away. Don't take the symbiote away because he had basically recalled the symbiote and the symbiote went to no. Mm-hmm. So he's like, no, don't take it away. That's all I have. Because mm-hmm. I think I, I like I don't think Eddie understands how strong or powerful he could be without the symbiote. Yeah, it's a dependency. Yeah. Right. Um but to be fair, I don't think he'll be he could be very strong or powerful without the symbiote anyway, 
it's cancer. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I don't know. Again, like it's it's hard to say. Right, yeah. then he's just a regular civilian. Yeah. Right. How often do we read comic books about a regular civilian? But see, that's the thing. Other than Gideon Falls. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. I think with regards to like regular civilian stuff, it's to me Tony is Tony Stark is a regular civilian. Yeah. Right. Even with the suit on, he's not a superhero. No. Like he's he's a guy. He's just he's a smart guy. Yeah. But he has this metal suit on. Yeah. Right? He built a machine. Mm-hmm. But really, he's a guy. Right? And the yeah. things that you're reading about are the changes he's trying to make in the world. Yeah. Right? So ultimately, I feel like Eddie explored in this series so far. I feel like it's the idea of Eddie, not Eddie and the other, but Eddie versus the other. Okay. Because... He's trying to reestablish his footing as a character in the Marvel U. Right. Right. And uh, and right now they're reestablishing him as, you know, as Marvel's Venom. Yeah. But I think ultimately it's also a test for him to say, you know, if we are to still go with the analogy that Eddie Brock in this series so far mm-hmm. is an analogy for Beowulf. Yeah. Then that analogy is, is very much true in a sense that the symbiote can now be sort of treated and viewed as Grendel which is his his nemesis yeah because it's the the one thing that he's that is sort of opposite of what he's trying to do I guess right um I see it in a bit of a I think Eddie is trying to figure or re renegotiate or reestablish a relationship with his symbiote rather than oppose it right mm-hmm. um I mean, it's pretty clear that psychologically and emotionally he depends on the symbiote. Yep. He, he, again, like it's, I don't know, it's hard to say. Yeah. It's hard to say. Um, but he, for it's, it's, it's obvious that he, he needs the symbiote in order to function. And I don't know. It's it's hard for me to separate the two, like it, 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 I'm at a loss for words. I've never thought about Eddie Brock without Venom, <laughs> so it's hard for me to really really put that concept into words because it's not something I've really thought about actually up until this point. Oh. Right, so yeah, that, I don't know. It was just something I was thinking about because the way that they have structured it, especially after what Null did to the symbiote, yeah. it looked like the symbiote is going to become an enemy of Eddie Brock because the symbiote is now I mean in a very 2018 way the symbiote is now woke yeah, well, yeah <laughs> right because the because uh, Null burned out the poison that was in the symbiote well what he considered to be the poison right so he burned it out of him there's and, a very the good symbiote just like went off yeah yeah there's a very good chance that it's gonna go in the direction where uh, Eddie Brock is gonna use talk no jutsu and uh, <laughs> and uh, really try and get through the Venom symbiote via words, <laughs> and then the symbiote's gonna snap back and go, "I miss you, Eddie." And then <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna roll persuasion on the yeah, and then the symbiote, and they're gonna become Venom again, and that's how they're gonna reestablish their relationship. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that's definitely think how it's so. gonna go down. Yeah, but they're going to. I think they're gonna butt heads first, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I, it, yeah. We, we it's. 
it's kind of obvious that that was going to happen at some point. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, you, you'd you have to imagine that the Venom symbiote is, pr- I wouldn't say upset, but pretty, but pretty jagged about the fact that he's being silenced. Yeah. Right? You know, with the pills and whatever. Right? So I imagine that a lot of those things are probably going to get left out of the open when they butt heads. Uh, and then there's going to be a feel-good moment between the two. <laughs> and then they're going to become uh, Venom 2.0. They're going to become best buds again. Best buds again. Best buds. Yeah. There yeah. you go. That's it. <laughs> should, that, now it's going to turn... <laughs> imagine they write a comic. It's like... Uh, who's Archie's best friend? Jughead? Jughead. <laughs> It'd be like Archie and Jacket, but it's Eddie and Venom. <laughs> and then they I just, can't imagine how that type of story is going to go, to be honest. Eddie and Venom, in this issue, go on a hike. <laughs> oh, man. What's going to happen next? <laughs> What's going to happen next? They run into a dragon. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's definitely going to go in that direction. Uh, and then we'll see how how that relationship is able to release or or, um what did i say release is that even a word um like you're gonna uh, release up your issue (laughs) it's going to release uh the the influence of null right yeah okay so another thing about null there was a specific panel um i can't really quite recall what page it is where there was a side-by-side panel of Null and Eddie Brock mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's just because of the way it's drawn but Null looks like just a vampire version of Eddie, Ro- Eddie Brock yes that's, so could not, there, that's could, basically like the second last page you see it right yeah there was, I've uh, seen the, yeah when when uh, Null had uh, when Null's calling over the symbiote there was two panels side by side where where Venom is well, saying there's also uh, what where, has been done to you my child yeah and then yeah and, and then there the, was a one where they're looking where they're right face at to face right? yeah. yeah where Null has all his tendrils all over Eddie Brock showing him his past or yeah. Null's past and uh, what he was uh, like a trillion years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah billions <laughs> yeah. of years ago uh, he was the god of the symbiotes um, but yeah there was that panel beforehand where I looked at it and I thought could that be something yeah where they're so closely resembled towards each other mm-hmm. that what if this is sort of a an analogy towards who Eddie Brock might one day become or who he was in the past? Hmm. And that he's not just a random guy. Interesting. Uh, interesting. I can't wholly agree with it. Okay. Because that's that's not who... That's not who he is. That's not that's who, Eddie who Eddie Brock is, is as a character, right? Um, I can't imagine Eddie just reining in all these symbiotes and going, this is me. <laughs> I am the new Null. Uh, no. But that's the thing. There, there could have been a million different ways to design Null. He's, he very closely resembles Eddie Block. Uh, Eddie Brock. Eddie Block. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I thought that was an appropriate way to draw Null. Yeah? Yeah, because... You look at him and you just get this very underworld Dracula sort of feeling from Null. Right. Right? Like the the overlord of all vampires. Okay. Right? Uh, to me, if he was drawn any other way, it just 
it just doesn't hold that same all-powerful weight to it. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, he's he looks ancient and powerful, and that's, to me, that's the that was the best way to, to bring him up. So, like, yeah, if someone were to say ancient, powerful, overlord, that's kind of that's, how that's, you would draw. That's how you would draw, too, right? That's how you would draw, yeah. right? Um, and I, to me, that was, like, the perfect visual representation of Null. I couldn't... If he had short hair, to me, that'd be weird. If he, okay. if he wasn't slightly humanoid, that would be even more weird. You just right. don't you just okay. don't get that you just don't get that all powerful ancient look from from any other uh visual drawing, I guess, right? Like it's to me that was a perfect way. I just find it kind of coincidental, I guess. I'm sure I'm sure there's some sort of truth behind that, right? Because it's I mean there can't be I mean it can't just be coincidence that Mm-hmm. They they were drawn almost the same way, but to yeah. me there was also no other way to draw null. Yeah, right. To me yeah, that was yeah, the perfect yeah. way to draw. Him, yeah, right. So yeah, but I mean, that was just like a little thing I picked up. Whether that comes to a thing, we won't know. Yeah, we'll have to but, see. But uh, if it does, you know, just we'll remind people. <laughs> refer back to episode eighteen. I don't imagine that. It, <laughs> I don't imagine that it will be. Uh, you'd have to reach pretty far yeah. in terms of, of story writing right. to really bring those two together in some form of a in some form of a relationship, right? Right. Okay. Uh I mean, is it possible? Absolutely. Yeah, like it I mean maybe a couple of issues in the they could bring something like that across. Um, but again, you'd have to reach pretty far, and you'd have to do a lot of explaining, yeah, yeah in yeah. order to make that work. Well, because then they have to retcon a lot of things, I think. Well, like, I mean, there's so many things that have already stuff, been right? retconned, yeah, through this issue, right? Like symbiotes by nature are not like that, right? Yeah. But again, like this was a this was a billion years ago where they were all like this, right? So maybe they became a little more pat, like pacified throughout time. Over time, mm-hmm. because symbiotes naturally are not, to my knowledge anyway, they're not like murder machines. Right. Okay. Right. They they just adopt the the emotions and the intentions of the user or mm-hmm. the host. Right. Um, so to me, a lot of things have already been retconned by crazy in this issue. Not that it, they were they're bad retcons. Right. To me, this actually makes more a lot sense. of a lot of sense. Yeah. Not more sense, but it makes just as much sense. Right, where where it's not too much of an issue that they did this, right? Um, but yeah, well, again, like you said, we'll just have to see where it goes, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. So yeah, we want to know what you think on this issue as well. We want to know what you think about Eddie Brock's relationship with knowledge, or if there isn't one at, you know, if there is one present at all. Uh, shoot us an email, contact at darkrosecomics.com. Okay, so, final thoughts on the book. Um... Again, other than the whole Miles Morales thing, I thought it was a pretty good issue. Um, I think the pacing is starting to work out a little bit better. Um, Story-wise, I think it's going at a. I think it's going in the right direction. I think that this was a pretty big reveal as an issue so I don't know if there's going to be as much excitement coming out of the next issue um, 
which is my issue with 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 a, with big reveal stories yeah. like this, right? Where it's just like, well, how are they gonna top that the next issue? Yeah, chances are they probably can't, right? But uh, but we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure they'll answer more questions in issue four. But overall, I think this book was really good. Yeah, yeah, me too. Wholeheartedly agree. Excellent. I'm glad <laughs> that we agree on something, Jerry. <laughs> it is a very good book. The pacing in this one's a little bit better than the previous one. I think. Yeah. The previous one was just. It, it got a little too explainy, mm-hmm. but I think they needed to, to to set this up. But also, one thing: where was Rex this whole time? <laughs> that was literally just the next thing coming out of my mouth was going to be Rex. <laughs> like, I felt like Rex because of the way this issue went. Yeah, it made me feel like Rex was even more irrelevant than yeah. ever. Yeah, like I I truly didn't care for Rex. I didn't miss him in this issue at all. No, I was, so, I was absolutely okay with him not being mentioned in this issue at all. Yeah, but so, he must be sitting in his like in his little bat cave, and he must be like, oh. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> he's watching the news. He's watching the dragon blow yeah. up, and then he watches this guy walk out. He's like, "Oh no!" He's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> it's, just, it's just a whole like six pages of him going, "Oh no, no!" no. <laughs> yeah, so I I was okay without Rex for this issue, but let us know what you think. Again, send us an email. Let us know. Do you care for Rex? Do you miss Rex? Do you want Rex back for issue four? <laughs> the answer is contact.gross.comics.com. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about the second book on our list. Uh, this is Black Panther number one. It's actually uh, it's a, a new volume of Black Panther, basically. Um, it's let me get to the let me get to that part. Let me just introduce it real quick. It's written by Tanahasi Coates, art by Daniel Lacuna. Colors, colors, also by Daniel Kuna, I believe, and letters by Joe Sabina. Wawa wiwa. What? What? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this book actually came out maybe about a maybe about a month or so ago, maybe a little less. Uh, issue two is actually now on the stands. If you want to go pick that up, you can. Um, we wanted to cover this book because moving forward, I think this is going to be a pretty important run for Black Panther. So before we get too far behind on Black Panther. I think it'll be important for us to talk about this book and then talk about the series moving forward. Yes. So, this is a new volume of Black Panther. The previous volume of Black Panther is also written by Ta-Nehisi Coates. And it's, it was drawn by Brian Stelfreeze along with other artists as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we have basically an intergalactic sort of uh, intergalactic empire of Wakanda. It's, uh, it's Star Wars Black Panther. It, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah, basically, <laughs> there was a, basically a small segment of Wakanda. I think they were like in space. They were lost and they were in space. And then they sort of formed this, this empire so that they can survive, right? But then instead of just building it based on the foundations of defense, they decided to, to conquer others as well in order to expand their empire so that they have a better chance for survival well yeah like it's essentially it's an offshoot of of wakanda and then they colonize they basically colonize uh space and they keep colonizing keep colonizing because this offshoot of wakanda the the uh, galactic empire of wakanda <laughs> Uh, believes that the best defense is a good offense mm-hmm. right so then they just keep 
like preemptively and proactively colonizing all these uh, right uh, different places in space, which lead them to be this very oppressive, uh, oppressive force, in, force in the yeah. universe now. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Well put. Well put. Way better than the whatever I was saying. So they're like the <laughs> space people, and uh, they're just out there doing I mean, their thing. You weren't wrong. <laughs> they, they shoot other guys and go pew pew and conquer them. <laughs> they go pew pew. And, uh... <laughs> so, <laughs> opening uh, opening segments of this book, we see a man. We're not introduced to who this man is, but I mean, yes. you, you kind of deduce that is T'Challa. But mm-hmm. it's important for me. Um, I think after I read the book, it was important for them to not establish this as anybody but just a person on a slave ship. Yes, because that was that's supposed to be the intention for this character, mm-hmm. right? This character is supposed to be a nobody. Yeah, because that's what he is. He's a nobody, right? He's he's just another uh, a slave on another colony. That just happens to know like six different martial arts, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think it's it's it was really smart for them to do it that way, mm-hmm. um, because it, it really creates the the foundation for for who this character is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important for them to also establish what this character can do and in, in their intentions mm-hmm. without us connecting. Without us connecting him to a prior characteristic, yeah, because then we we go in with the mindset that this is there's a, a certain uh, bias, it's a fresh character, yeah. yeah, exactly, and that we don't, yeah, he, he we don't tie any sort of motives or um, or previous notions to him, mm-hmm. really. Like he's just he's a completely blank slate, exactly, yeah, and and, and I'm glad that they they decided to to do that with uh, this version of T'Challa. Yeah, so at one point in the in the book, uh, maybe about the halfway point, you get introduced to the characters uh, Nakia and Mbaku, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get introduced to those characters who just look like those versions of the characters. Yeah. Um. So you find out later on on the ship that you know they're they're also rescued from the mines as well, and mm-hmm. they're just they they were also nameless people. Yeah. That have sort of been rescued and rediscovered. Yeah. So then Captain and Yami then sort of reminds them of who they were before, but not so much tell them this is who they are, but sort of gives them an identity. Yeah. Right? So she goes ahead and gives the main character the identity of T'Challa. Mm-hmm. So you now have T'Challa. Nakia and Mbaku. Mm-hmm. For me, it wasn't so much about these guys being those specific characters. Yeah, I think it was more of a representation of the type of character they can be. Yeah, right. Because we still don't know. Technically, at the end, we don't really know if it is T'Challa, if it is the real T'Challa. Chances are it is because there are hints about it. You know. About them, you know, him not remembering the stuff and stuff yeah. like that. So you, you can kind of assume it's T'Challa. But I think the more powerful notion of it is the fact that he... That the name T'Challa carries a certain legend to it. Yeah. It carries a certain history to it. Mm-hmm. So 
what what is this man if not being labeled T'Challa? Would he still be the same man? Uh I think of it a little bit differently. Okay. And the reason why is because we're not supposed to assume as readers mm-hmm. that the name T'Challa carries any weight. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we don't know we don't know what the name means for these people. Yeah. In 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 the storyline, right? Like Mbaku Nakia, like those names for all we know don't really mean anything right mm-hmm. uh, so for him to be named T'Challa doesn't necessarily mean that oh he's you know the the bearer of the king's name or whatever right yeah. like we don't know what this name means we yeah. don't know what kind of weight it holds Th- there was right? a certain uh, there was a certain hint I think at the end it said uh, uh, our handles are taken from the legends of our past yeah um, and to you I give the name of a man who was born a king and died a hero. Yeah. Arise T'Challa. Yeah. So, so, but he gave him that name, name. not knowing whether this guy's actually going to live up to that name or not. Exactly. Right? Because he could just die and then give some other guy the name. Oh, yeah. You're now your T'Challa. Now you're T'Challa. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. like, to me, at this point in time in the story, T'Challa is just another name. Yeah. Right? And whether he's given that name or not, he's still the same guy. Okay. It just so happens that they gave it to somebody that like <laughs> just knows how to fight <laughs> and knows how to defend himself really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, in that sense it works out, but Yeah. Uh, but I, I do actually like that approach more than let's just say, "Oh, you are T'Challa." Yeah. I like the fact that they went out and said, "I'm going to give you the name T'Challa." Yeah. Because T'Challa carries a certain legend to him. Yeah. Right. So I, well, I mean, to, in all fairness, he is T'Challa now, right? He is T'Challa because he's but, given the name yeah, T'Challa. But now he has to. What's going to happen is, moving forward into the story, he has to earn the weight of the name. Yeah. Right. Um, and obviously, we're going to see that through his actions, through how he interacts with people, um, because this is also. Uh, a very uh, social, socially conscious uh, book as well, right? And we all know that T'Challa, as a leader, uh, was very, very righteous, right? He was always doing the right thing, uh, in our eyes anyway, mm-hmm. right? So we'll probably see very similar characteristics come from this version of T'Challa, but again, he's going to have to earn it as these issues come out, right? Right. Yeah. So to me it's it's a bit more of a powerful storytelling mechanic. Yes. You're you're reestablishing this character but you're letting them earn their way to sort of our personal expectations of what this character should be. Yeah. But you're letting them sort of earn their way back yeah. back to that. Yeah. Which is nice. It's I nice like touch. I like the um I like the approach of him starting off as as like a slave as opposed to him starting off in the usual story where he just born into royalty right a yeah. lot of these guys are right? Mbaku Nakia like they're all some form of of royalty of royalty um, but now they're just they're freedom fighters mm-hmm. and to me that that's more impactful right because now they're trying to change 
the universe with nowhere near as many resources as um, as their more mainstream counterparts do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, what did you think about what did you think about the empire? Uh, I mean, we're given very like, little. We're given very little about what the empire is in this issue. I'm pretty sure it was it's probably established in a previous series or whatever. But yeah. Just if we're going into this fresh, we're not given much info on the empire. Yeah. But if the empire is sort of what they're taught, what they're saying it is, like you yeah. know, this conquering different colonies and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you do you believe in the actions of the empire because there's there's always the conversation about whether or not it's just like whether or not certain actions are justified based on preserving your culture preserving your you know your status preserving yeah. your empire yeah so would you consider it to be justifiable actions I mean listen man like Luke was supposed to fight for for Oh, sorry. Uh, different. Oh. Uh, oh, sorry. Different empire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it 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 becomes it's become the point where they're no longer preserving their uh, culture and traditions. Right now, they're just imposing it okay. onto other colonies. So it, right. it's it's no longer the same thing now. Right. It would be different if other colonies had reached out to the Wakandan Empire, Intergalactic Empire, and said, hey, listen, we're interested in really being absorbed by uh, by your empire, but now they're just forcing it onto other people. It's just, it's the same colonization story that we've experienced yeah. throughout our own history, right? And I mean, we obviously don't look, look upon our history in, in any sort of... Uh, positive light mm-hmm. in, in that sense right so no I, I mean I don't think <laughs> bottom line is I don't think they're doing the right thing obviously right if they're just forcing their their cultures and traditions and and imposing it onto other people right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely however okay <laughs> <laughs> if if they don't strive to I guess like for them maybe one of the reasons is what if their their status in the because obviously in the galaxy in the you know in the galaxy in the universe and whatever mm-hmm. they're probably in on that scale very minuscule so right. what if they believe that by if they don't colonize and and keep pushing the boundaries of their own culture that they eventually be extinguished, just based on the sheer vastness of of the you know of the universe. See, it doesn't matter, right? Because the universe is infinite. How much do you have to conquer before? Right. Before so you're considered your if you're at the top, to if you're at the top of the intergalactic Wakandan Empire, okay, and you're you're sort of faced with the decision of whether or not you keep pushing out to colonize and to preserve your culture that way mm-hmm. by having it live on through like multiple different outlets okay or you sit back and eventually you become this extinguished because of the vastness 
you know there's a middle ground right like <laughs> a middle ground does exist you can't preserve your culture and your traditions without imposing it onto other people right like i mean look at our own world i mean we've i mean we have numerous uh cultures and traditions that i mean yes a lot of them have been extinguished over time unfortunately right but a lot of them also have existed just because the people have existed right, right. so there's other ways to do it you don't got to go and mess up everyone's stuff <laughs> mess up everyone's livelihood just to preserve it like to me to me it it's it's unfair to ruin an another person's culture and tradition in order to preserve your own to me that doesn't make any sense right because then you're just becoming the sort of thing that you're trying to avoid this whole time right right and that's not that's not doing the right thing in my opinion okay okay (laughs) all right fair enough (laughs) um the reason why i ask uh, the reason why i bring it up is because i think i think nowadays there's there's been a lot of like we're talking about real world now we're not talking about okay. comic book world we're sure. talking about real world i think there's been a lot of cultures intersecting mm-hmm. and i think there's been a lot of there's a lot of acceptance but also a lot of pushback okay right and and that's depending on the culture you know the culture that's entering and the culture that is on the receiving end saying like no do we want this or we don't want this and blah 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 I think it's I think we're in a stage now where we should be open and we should be accepting to the different cultures from the world yeah but at the same time it's also going it's also going to generate the conversation where certain cultures are sitting there saying it's like oh now wait a minute we don't necessarily want that to come in and and overtake us right so i think it's an important conversation to have and it's it's going to be a really tough conversation to have Mm -hmm. on well on our comics podcast right but i think it's worth mentioning that it is also like the things that are happening in these books Mm -hmm. is also sort of a reflection of what is happening in in our society what is happening in in our world yeah and same idea as um i guess political opinions as well mm-hmm. same idea where certain parties and certain representatives will have certain opinions about certain things yeah they're going to have their own agenda mm-hmm. and whether or not you as a citizen in the world whether or not you're there to accept that is a different story right right so it's it's a tough conversation to have Mm-hmm. But I think it's worth mentioning. Of course, yeah, because course. because I think just based on based on the I guess yeah, based on the opinion that you gave me just now, mm-hmm. with whether or not you think it's wrong for the one culture to impose themselves onto another mm-hmm. culture. But I think when it comes to talking about preservation, when it comes to talking about survival, if you're faced with the uncertainty of whether or not you will persevere right. or whether or not you will survive right in the world mm-hmm. 
I think it comes that it come it then does come down to that difficult decision of whether or not you have to say, okay, we need to start moving out. Now, obviously, they use the more conquering approach. They yeah. use the more violent approach to do it. Yeah. But for them, it's about preserva- preservation. It's about survival. Right. It's about preserving their culture so that they'll still have children that can grow up and learn about that. Right. Right. So it's wrong. But I think in certain circumstances, if you look at it from a smaller scale, like from our world, it's probably necessary for them because there's a lot of cultures in our world right now that i believe need to move out as well that need to push out because they need to worry about their preservation as well yeah um so here's the other i guess other side of the coin of that as well right um you're you're conquering other colonies in order to in the name of preserving mm-hmm. um, your traditions and cultures, right? But if you're doing that over the course of time, you would expect that because you're bringing in so many different people from different cultures and traditions that in some sort of way, like that's going to... That's going to change the culture and traditions you're trying to preserve, mm-hmm. right? So when you look at the when you look at the uh, intergalactic empire of Wakanda, right? The culture and traditions that you see in, in in this timeline, how different is that from the cultures and traditions that came from from where from the original from Wakanda? The roots, yeah. yeah, how different is it? Mm-hmm. It's got to be different. Yeah. Right. So to me, it's. I mean, whether if you're doing that to preserve your traditions and cultures, it's not going to be preserved. It's Mm -hmm. going to change over time, especially when you're when you're when you're um, absorbing all these different uh, races and species in space, whatever the case may be. Right. Because you're you're telling me that they're also not going to try and and preserve their culture as much as they can. when it's when I guess when they're by themselves or whatever the case may be right it's gonna change right so to me it's what's the difference right what's the difference between you going and 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 conquering in the name of of preservation versus you trying to preserve your traditions and cultures by other means right right because it's it's gonna change yeah it's bound to change yeah right so yeah but then you're talking about the same thing i think with regards to the conquering part is that they're now they're now going to preemptively start you know expanding Mm -hmm. and conquering the different colonies and stuff like that Mm -hmm. what they come across Mm -hmm. because i think ultimately for them it's it's either they act first or the opposing side acts first but who's the opposing side people like them but if they don't act first and they come and they wait for the day that but they come who was powerful enough to challenge Wakanda in that way not anymore because they acted first I don't know man so that's <laughs> you see that's like that's sort of like the dilemma is like yeah. had they not will we be looking at a different situation with regards to whether or not they did survive or if they're just extinguished 
Mm. So it's that's the tough part, to, you know. That's the tough part of it all. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, to me, there's you're not preserving your cultures and traditions, no matter which way you're looking at it. But that is true, also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm actually really glad you brought that up because, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's very true because the people that you bring in, no matter how much you impose it onto them, yeah, they're going to want to preserve themselves as well, right? And at the same time, they're bringing in a different culture for you that you're no longer just the same people. You're really just going off words. Yeah. Right. I mean, look at the uh, look at the uh, the Native Americans, right, or the Aboriginals, right? Uh, when when the Europeans came to North America decimated their population uh, and tried to tried to force Christianity onto them right now I mean they still exist and their cultures still exist obviously but all 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 it served to do in the past was just wreck them so now yeah. they're just, like like again there's just <laughs> I don't know it served no purpose to do that in the first place yeah but we also don't know what was going through the minds of the people doing it at the time yeah right? exactly I, is so, it wrong yeah it's wrong but yeah. I mean we don't know what they were thinking so yeah it, it, just it uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a different side it's all oh uh, yeah just but a yeah different side, no yeah. I, I I mean I, I think we're we're pretty much done with uh, with this book it's it's a pretty heavy book I think in my mind yeah um, you know beneath the surface of the story that's trying to tell yeah. um, any final thoughts on the book uh, great, great story. Um, on this, when you read it on the surface, there isn't much to it. When you read it on the surface, it's very mm-hmm. much just another Black Panther story, right? Um, but you have to read it, uh, with a with a very different perspective, right? You have to almost read it in a way where you have to sort of understand what the what the characters are going through and then relate them to the experiences of of this of this world yeah right uh and then that's when that's when um this comic really comes to life um and that's that's why i i enjoyed it as much as i did yeah but also truthfully i actually think a little on the opposite of that is you it, it would actually serve the readers better i think to go into this fresh Mm. to go into this without any baggage of the characters themselves yeah which is why i think it's really well done in a sense that they're just giving him a name and they mention that they're just giving you a, they're just giving the guy a name to yeah. tell because i think it's important to understand that it's not the characters that we know right would you go into a fresh and this is their new story this yeah. is a new story about an individual who is trying to make a change mm-hmm. right so I think that part is, is to me is more powerful. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I love the book. I really like the artist, Daniel mm-hmm. Kuna. Love the guy. He did a lot of stuff uh before he did uh Uncanny X Force. Mm-hmm. That would probably my favorite run of X Force, or just of of Marvel ever. Yeah, you've probably read that like six times already. Six times. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so so good. Um but it, it was him it's Jerome Pena it was, uh, you know among other artists it mm. was just so it was so good yeah such a good run but I really like his style I really like his style of art so it works I'm for really it glad. works for the story yeah I'm really glad he's on this series mm-hmm. yeah so uh, I think that that about covers what we want to cover for Black Panther 1 
Um, I think we're going to go ahead and, and move forward to our offerings to dark side segment. <gasps> offerings to dark side. <laughs> What's with the cast? I don't know. <laughs> All right, offerings to dark side. <laughs> and we're at the offerings to dark side segment. In this segment, what we normally do is we take something outside of the world of comics, outside of the world of coffee, and we offer it to you, our listeners, something that we enjoy and we hope you'll enjoy as well. This week, as per tradition... Tradition. See, I'm not even going to, you know, I'm not going to fluff it up anymore. As per tradition, we're going to let Victor go first. And there's something spicy a-brewing. I think. I don't know. <laughs> what do you what do you got this week? Thanks, Jerry. What do you got this week? Thanks, Jerry. Um this week I've got a show from Netflix called Lethal Weapon. Okay. Lethal Weapon is about uh two cops. Their first one is Martin Riggs, who is a little little bit of a psychopath. He's a little unhinged. Uh he had recently lost his his wife and his child in the show. Uh so he is a cop that has nothing to live for. All right, and he's partnered up with another cop named Roger Murtaugh, who just uh, recovered from heart surgery, and has a new child, like a new baby. So he has a lot to live for. So you have one cop who's trying to die, basically, and you have another cop who's trying his best to live, and they're partners. So you can imagine just the kind of craziness that comes from that. Uh, so to me, the show has the perfect amount of comedy, the perfect amount of drama, and the perfect amount of action all in all in one show, uh, and it makes for a really enjoyable experience. Uh, so again, my offer this week is Lethal Weapon on Netflix. Sounds fun. Wow. Lethal Weapon. Jeez. Sounds like wow. a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to agree with you. It just it sounds like a good time. What do you got to offer this week, Jerry? <laughs> uh okay. This week I am offering a mobile game. It is uh I have it on the I have it on the iPhone, but I think it should be available on Google Play as well. It is called Time Locker. Time Locker. It is basically if you've played a game or seen a game on PC, it's called uh Super Hot. Okay. Same idea. Um, where your every t- like when you move, the game moves with you. Mm-hmm. The game continues. When you stop moving, that you know time stops. Right, everything stops. So in this game, it's not first person. In this game, it's like a top down view. So it's almost like um, almost like Contra, right? Type of thing. Yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. top down and you're moving up. Yeah. Um, so in this game, you're just you're constantly shooting something. You're just you're shooting like a little weapon. And everywhere you move, you have to like kill, you have to like destroy obstacles and stuff like that in your way. And you get power ups and coins and stuff like that along the way. Mm-hmm. And when you stop moving, so you're swiping, swiping, swiping up and stuff like that. When you stop moving, the game stops. Right. And then you have to kind of, you, you know, you're kind of thinking about like if you're stuck in a jam and stuff like that. It's really fun. Hmm. It's really fast paced. And there's a lot of times where I'm just like, uh oh. And I kind of come to a stop and then the game stops and I'm go. And then like, I have to like I have to like maneuver slowly out of the way because if you move slowly, then time goes slow. Yeah, you move fast, and then everything goes you know at this hectic pace. Yeah, so it's really it's really different. Like it's it's a really innovative game, I think, and I think it's really fun for me. Is that what you're playing like nonstop the past like yeah couple hours while we were recording? Wow! What? Wow! I would never. 
Unbelievable. Wow. Says the guy who's been playing Dokken Battle this whole time. Not while we're recording. <laughs> I wasn't playing while we're recording. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, listeners, but I feel betrayed right now. Just, Why? My God. Just spitting just throwing, facts. Just throwing me under the just bus. Just spitting facts. But it's not like. You know what? No, I don't. I don't even want to argue with you. I don't want to give you the time of day. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got to offer. The game is called Time Locker. It's really fun. It's on the phone. You should definitely play it. It's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's super fun. Um, okay, so I think yeah, I think that about wraps up our offerings this week. Um, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please also remember to rate and leave us a review on iTunes if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book you would like us to discuss on the show, please email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics, twitter.com slash geeky for myself, and twitter.com slash victorjyoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics, and we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics. And if you want to be a part of the community, uh, join our Facebook group, and it's called Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. So you know how what we're talking about is really hot outside, I'm right? Stop recording. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just get, just, just wait for this one. Let's give it, just give it a moment. Okay. Let's give it this moment to shine. You know how what we're talking about how it's really hot outside, right? We're talking about how it's like forty degrees. So I actually wanted to just do that conversion real quick. It's hundred and four Fahrenheit outside for, for those of you who are, in the Fahrenheit system oh. and on the Celsius system. So it's really hot outside. That's hot. Yeah, it's hot. So, because it's so hot outside, I never freeze. Uh, okay. I am. Stop recording. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>